0: travel back in time to the 80s reliving the music you can't have the pretenders first album that's mine i bought it you did not the catchphrases did you have a brain tumor for breakfast and the wannabes sometimes i see me dance around the house in my underwear doesn't make me madonna never will because just like you we're stuck in the 80s can you say stuck in the 80s It was 30 years ago, and still the tragedy seems fresh in our minds. Millions around the world were shocked,
1: seemingly unable to smile again or even think about laughing.
0: What led to the pair of catastrophes? What went wrong with the system and the people whom we had grown to trust?
1: There are some topics that we've avoided over the years because the pain feels just as real as it did on December 12, 1986. This is one of them.
0: I'm Steve Spears. And I'm Brad in L.A. And this is a stuck-in-the-80s moment in time. Today we discuss... I said, ah, ah, want the knife? And who are you? Wherever there is injustice, you will find us. Wherever there is suffering, we'll be there. <laughs> Line. The tragedies of The Golden Child and Three Amigos. Two bombs released 30 years ago this week.
1: We're going to do a little number for you, but remember, we're a bit rusty, so bear with us, just like the old days. All right.
0: My little buttercup has the sweetest smile. Dear little buttercup, won't you stay a while? Okay, okay. All kidding aside. Uh, it is true that both Eddie Murphy's The Golden Child and the ensemble comedy piece known as Three Amigos, no the both were released on the very same day, December twelfth, nineteen eighty-six. And let's face that, it, Brad. Uh, <laughs> uh, they were not box office starlings. But we still kinda love them in a guilty pleasure sort of way.
1: Yeah, I, I was just I almost fell out of my chair when Steve sent me something this week saying, Hey, did you realize that thirty week you know that thirty years ago like Oh, my –
0: how is that even possible? It is – you know, as we go on in the – I usually write them up as blog items when we get these big movie anniversaries. And so I have this big calendar that I I know when all the anniversaries fall. And um, I hadn't looked at it for a while for some reason. And I looked at it earlier this week on Monday. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, two movies that have so much in common were released Mm -hmm. the, the very same day? Yeah. Yeah, and so, so we
1: figured, why not have a quick but friendly competition and decide once and for all which of these duds holds up better 30 years later? The Golden Child or Three
0: Amigos? Well, I'm, I'm going to make a case for the Golden Child. You have no idea who I am, have you?
1: Yes. Yo are Sado <laughs> Look, I don't care
0: who you are. I do care if you kidnap a little kid, though. I could destroy you. Just like that. Bring me the boy, and I'll give you the knife, and then no one will have to be destroyed just like that. Technically, I'll start off by saying this. Technically, the Golden Child was not a box office bomb. Really? It actually? No, no, no. It actually made $80 million uh, at the Damn. box office. Uh, That's real money back then. It <laughs> is real money back then on a budget of only $25 million. Uh but, but here it is. Here's the thing. Um uh, Eddie Murphy's previous film, Beverly Hills Cop, uh, may, you may have heard of. <laughs> uh, it sounds familiar. It made more than two hundred million dollars on a budget of only fifteen million dollars. The super podcaster thing was working, Steve. <laughs> yeah, it was working. Um, there's some interesting things about this movie. I mean, I, I remember. Did you see this one in the theaters? I don't think so. I did because this was. I remember it used to have the coolest trailer. It was um like a like a shadowy figure on like some sort of uh, ox like coming through a snowstorm and it's mm-hmm. this real som- real uh, uh you know dark, you know, ominous voice doing the uh, narration and stuff, and it said, you know, In Eddie a Murphy World where Steve Spears <laughs> dreams of having the knife. Yeah. It was like Eddie Murphy is the chosen one. Mm-hmm. Um uh. but uh, it was funny. It was a funny trailer. And yeah. so everybody I know wanted to see it. I well, you were going to see it. You had to go, You saw Beverly Hills Cop. You weren't going to see the very next movie that Eddie Murphy did.
1: Eddie Murphy was box office gold. I, I just, I may have. I don't remember seeing yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Well, it doesn't. That doesn't bode well for, uh, for the chosen one. Um, yeah. So, so some some little factoids um, that some of us might have forgotten about the golden child, um, Dennis Feldman wrote it and um he also wrote another movie that that cory's dad (laughs) just one of the guys oh you're kidding me (laughs) no 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 it's just such a bizarre like he wrote just i mean just one of the guys is one of those lovable 80s movies
1: oh yeah absolutely That, that you really will watch anytime it comes on no matter
0: where it is i have i have a copy of it somewhere on dvd that I have, I, it's one of like three movies that I loaned out to a girlfriend about yeah. like five years ago and <laughs> I've never gotten back. Oh dear. Never. It's uh, that one, uh, Red Dawn and maybe Flamingo Kid are the three. Hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going to have to invest. If I can find like a $2 copy of just one of the guys, I'm getting it. It's a real um, shame
1: that I already got you your Christmas present because
0: you, yeah. know, you just gave me a golden idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I've got a birthday coming up. Well, not really.
1: That's true. <laughs> no. actually, I'm actually we closer
0: hope so. to the. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Let's all hope so. So, uh, uh, Dennis Fullman wrote it. Um, the script was actually called "The Rose of Tibet," and for some reason, it attracted a bidding war in Hollywood. Huh. But it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be an action movie. It was never really? supposed to be a comedy, huh? Um, it attracted some interest from some various directors. Uh, Mel Gibson was originally uh, going to play the part of Chandler Gerald. Okay, um, uh, as it's we all know, a
1: very different vibe.
0: Yeah, um, as you all remember from the plot, is uh, Eddie Murphy it, it plays uh, Chandler Gerald. He is a private investigator who specializes in missing children. Um, he is deemed to be the chosen one, and he's hired to find the Golden Child who is a uh, young prophet of sorts from Tibet who's been kidnapped by the forces of evil. Um, so Mel Gibson was, was on board. Then suddenly he was unavailable. The producers decided that Eddie Murphy should try to take it over. And so the script had to be kind of rewritten as a comedy. Hmm, okay. Uh, at one point, John Carpenter had been uh, tapped to direct it. Um, but he would actually drop out and direct Big Trouble in Little China. Which is basically
1: the same movie, right? (laughs)
0: Yeah. And that movie was basically rushed uh, so that it would actually come out before The Golden Child. Oh, really? (laughs) So instead, a director by the name of Michael Ritchie directed it. And Michael Mm -hmm. Ritchie is probably best known to 80s fans as the director of Fletch. Um, But he has a long history. He directed... uh, uh, he directed um, Downhill Racer. The candidate. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so seventies guy. Yeah, Bad News Bears, the original Bad News Bears. This oh, guy. the bad, original Bad News Bears is so good. It is so good. Um, but his career was like up and down. He in the eighties he had Fletch, fantastic. Yeah. But he also had uh, Wildcats with Goldie Hawn. Um, it's the sport of kings, <laughs> better than diamond rings. <laughs> He had the couch trip, couch trip with Dan Aykroyd. That's not. It's not a very watchable movie. Mm, I don't. I remember the name. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Well, so he's. You know, he's cashing the paychecks
0: there. Right. So he he would eventually die um, uh, at age sixty two in two thousand one. So here we are with with Golden Child, um, and I think I think I remember even an interview with Eddie Murphy where he said. There's a couple times where they're all kind of looking at each other going, <laughs> uh, this is really what we want to do. Yeah.
1: So you're going to, you're going to put some, well, it wasn't CG back then. It was, you know, like actual effects.
0: So there's going to be some effect shots in this. Yeah. It's, there's so much lore about this movie that it, to me, it's, it's, it's a good story on its own. Um, the actor who plays the golden child is referred to as a boy throughout the film, but the actor mm-hmm. who played the part is actually a girl. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Eddie Murphy turned down a role to appear in Star Trek for The Voyage Home to make this film instead. Um, well, that was probably the right choice. That probably was the I don't know. Well, we'll see. You know, I, I don't see. know.
1: I, I think that him and Shatner in a movie together is like matter and antimatter. It would just would
0: have exploded. How very scientific of you! Um, but 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 here's the thing: I maintain that Golden Child still has an appeal. It's got a great soundtrack with a great opening song, Ann Wilson's "Best Man in the World." Uh, some of Eddie Murphy's most quotable lines are in this movie. Really? I I, I want the knife. That's the only one I know. (laughs) Really? I'm sorry, Numsi. I should be punished. Everyone I have stolen from my brother,
1: Numsi. Officer, it is your duty to take me in. Please, purge me. I am ashamed of myself.
0: It's got an amazing villain, played by Charles Dance. Um, better known probably for playing uh, Tywin Lannister in Game of Thrones. Yeah,
1: he's a, he's a little older now, but he's as good a villain as ever.
0: He was also in what last great action hero? Last great American action hero? Uh, that was another sh- crap movie. Um, and here's the really bizarre <laughs> thing. Here's the bizarre thing. Roger Roger Ebert, who whom you know, I adore as a film critic. Yeah, uh, actually gave Golden Child three stars. He did? He did. Three stars and wrote this, quote, The Golden Child may not be the Eddie Murphy movie we were waiting for, but it will do. It is funnier, more assured, and more tailored to Murphy than Beverly Hills Cop. And it shows a side of his comic persona that I don't think has been much appreciated. His essential underlying sweetness. Hmm. Interesting. So... That's my case. And, you know, it's still worth it. You know, it shows up every once in a while, usually on, uh, uh, you know, not a paid cable channel, but, you know, one of your bonus channels, you know, AMC maybe. It's on, yeah, it's on
1: AMC at, next Thursday at 7 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Eddie Murphy is the chosen one in The Golden Child. In The Golden Child. So, well, anyway. I won't say it's terrible because I don't remember much about it, but, uh, I, I mean, it's funny because it is perceived, like you say, it's it's perceived as a bomb, yeah. but it still a made a lot of money. That's kind of surprising. Yeah, um, I still think you're wrong, Steve. Uh, I think the Three Amigos is a, a is a more more consistently fun movie.
0: Arizona moon keep shining from the desert sky above.
1: You know pretty soon that big yellow moon will light the way back Ooh. to the one you love blue shadows on the trail. For those of you who, who don't remember this film, it's not the three amigos, it's three amigos Um if you were pitching this movie today, like if you were going over to the studio to make this today, you would say, I'm going to make a movie. It's going to be just like Galaxy Quest, but think like the Ponderosa, you know? <laughs> it's basically it's basically the template for Galaxy Quest in a lot of ways. Um, it's And uh, know,
0: Tropic Thunder,
1: for that matter. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Complete with the crazy studio executive. So the movie opens with these three silent movie era screen cowboys who are you know your your prototypical Gene Autry singing cowboy types uh played by Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, and Martin Short and they are basically like they've become too big for themselves right and they're demand- they're making demands of the studio owner and this is in the old old days of the studios where the studio owner basically you know bought and sold these guys and then he's like Really? That's how you feel? You're out of here. Um, throw them out. And they, um, as, as it turns out, something always comes along. Something always comes up. And at that very moment, a telegram arrives inviting them to come down to Mexico to um, help the, the small town rid uh, uh, themselves of these marauders. And, of course, it's all misunderstood. They think that they're being invited down to to, uh, do a show with the infamous El Guapo. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, in fact, El Guapo is not an actor, but a bandit. Um, This, I think, is safe to say, was a bomb. Yes. Um, Yes. It did not make... I mean, I think the anticipation with this cast was like, oh, my gosh, Chevy Chase and Steve Martin together, this is going to be box office gold and it it made a little money it made its budget was 25 million but it only earned about 40 million um and i was like wow that's that's lousy um but then i went back and looked at like other chevy chase movies it's not that far out of line i mean you know fletch made 47 million european vacation made forty nine million. i mean maybe those aren't the big you know the big movies of of his i'm not sure how um how the first vacation movie did um, and Steve Martin movies. That's right in there for Steve Martin. movies. <laughs> you know, you think, Oh, Roxanne, that was amazing. Roxanne made 30 million, 39 million, you know? Oh, all of me. That was hilarious. 35 million. So, I mean, it felt like a letdown, but I don't know if the studio really was too upset about yeah. it. He, Steve Martin knows how to hit singles. You know? Yeah, he really does. Because I'm looking, and maybe it's just because I like Steve Martin, but I'm like the man with two brains only made ten million dollars. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, but it will only cost three million to make. So who cares? Yeah. Um, so Steve Martin had been had written this and been attached to the project starting, but way back in 1980, um, on the you know kind of on the heels of the Jerk, which made. More money than anything he did in the 80s except for one picture. Steve, can you name that picture?
0: Uh, why would you do this to me?
1: Because I'm trying to trap you. Parenthood? That's the one. You yes. got it. I I thought you'd go for Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, but yes, Parenthood. Oh, my gosh.
0: I, I just completely whiffed on that one.
1: Yeah. But uh, the original cast was him, John Belushi, and Dan Aykroyd, which would have been a very different movie, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so they ended up it ended up in development forever. Um, you pointed out something online that um, Spielberg was going to direct at that point, but he ended up doing other things. And by the time they got around to doing this, uh, John Landau was attached to it, uh, and he's a director. And I, you know, this is one, this isn't a very John Landau-y movie. There aren't a lot of cameos. You know, he loves his cameos. Um, although there are some things, some storylines that got trimmed out from the final. Cut. Uh, it was interesting. The final he turned in his final cut, and then basically went. Landau went straight to court over the um, the death that occurred on the set of the Twilight Zone. Oh wow! Yeah. So the studio had basically had the final cut and and trimmed a bunch of stuff to get it down to. I mean, I still think it's two hours. Like I, I,
0: you know, it's a long. Steve Martin. It's a long movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Steve
1: Martin movie that runs two and a half hours. Like ah, uh... so the studio probably did the right thing there. Um, But, you know, Steve Martin is Steve Martin, and he's kind of the, the ringleader. Martin Short is, like, the kid of the group. And Chevy Chase is like, is he even here? I, he basically has ten lines of the whole picture.
0: Do you have anything besides Mexican food? You
1: know, he doesn't have a whole lot going on. Um, So if there's a weakness in the movie, it's that they didn't really use Chevy at all, I yeah. don't think.
0: Well, you know he has kind of a reputation for being sort of like a. He's either in it, he's either into a project or he's not into a project. If, yeah. if he's not into it, he doesn't give it
1: his all. And he was pretty clearly not into this one, um, but I mean the the movie is just it's absurd. It's it's so, it. It, it's so silly. It's um, so silly. So quotable. It really is, and that that's kind of my my take on it. Is it's not so much funny as it is quotable. Does, does, does that make fri- sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you forget about all the groan moments. Like, oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah, like That's the mail plane joke.
1: I think it's a mail plane. How can you tell? Well, didn't you notice it's little balls?
0: <laughs>
1: I like them. What's, what's funnier than the mail plane joke is, is him making the joke, is Martin Short making the joke, oh, can't you see? didn't you see the little balls on it? And the other two taking about 45 seconds to get it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I wonder if we would have found this movie a little funnier if we were a little younger when we saw it.
1: Uh, I was telling telling
0: friends at work about it, and they're like, well, you know, I saw it when I was 10, and it was hilarious. I'm like, well, maybe the 10 year old version of me would have have liked it. Yeah. I love the uh, line uh, Oh, great. You shot the invisible swordsman. (laughs) Each have to fire one shot in the air,
1: say the magic chant. And the invisible swordsman will appear.
0: Tip, 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 Anything yeah. that Steve Martin says is pretty
1: funny. That's oh, yeah, and, and also another oh great I think is oh great
0: real bullets,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: or but the plethora of pinatas. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, the the interplay between El Guapo and El Jefe, the kind of two main, the, you know, the the head bad guy and his his henchman, top henchman. Yeah. yeah, actually is very funny. Yeah, um, Alfonso Arau. Um, You will maybe remember him from Romancing the Stone where he's uh, Juan the Drug Lord.
0: Oh, my God. I completely forgot that. (laughs) The Joan Wilder? The Joan Wilder? (laughs) Oh, my little bro. How did I miss that? Oh, He's he's
1: great. And and El Jefe, Tony Plana, who has done more work than you and I will ever do in our whole lives, he turned down a role in Platoon to do – Um, Three Amigos.
0: Oh, geez.
1: (laughs) Well, he'd worked with Oliver Stone on Salvador, and he's like, wait, you want me to go to the Philippines and shoot another movie with this guy? Or I could (laughs) stay in a nice hotel here in Tucson,
0: get some room service, and do some jokes with El Guapo. Yeah. The one thing is, too, it's like you cannot say either the word plethora or pinatas without somebody uh, referencing Three Amigos. Would you say I have a plethora of piñatas? Oh, yes. (laughs) You have a plethora. Jefe, what is a plethora? Why, wapo? Well, you told me I have a plethora. And I just would like to know if you know what a plethora is. I would not like to think that a person would tell someone he has a plethora and find out that that person has no idea what it means to have a plethora.
1: Yeah, and and there are a couple of scenes that I think are really great little set pieces. The um, the lip balm scene where the, you know, the canteens, and it's all sight gags. I won't try it's and, and talk you through it. it. But yeah. it's just, it's so well played. And che- actually, it's Chevy Chase's best moment in the picture. He turns to the other guy's like, lip balm. <laughs> uh and and then the the scene where they're sleeping out under the stars and there's like musical number. It's a total you know again um, singing yeah. cowboy moment. Yeah. And it's just it's totally over the top. It's a big fake yeah, yeah. backdrop and the animals are singing along and there's a talking turtle. <laughs> and it's it's just it's very funny. It's a very funny moment kind of just in and of itself. But it's tucked into this movie yeah. that is just
0: silly. Did I mean Randy Newman wrote a bunch of songs
1: for this movie, right? He wrote all the songs for... Somebody else did the score, but he wrote three songs for it. Wow.
0: And he is also the singing bush. Oh, wow. It can't be the singing bush. They must have altered his voice.
1: They did. They
0: did. Oh, okay. Okay. So there you go. Are you the singing bush? <laughs> <laughs> it's so silly. That's just so silly. It's funny. It's, I remember the first time I saw it in the theaters, and I remember just not thinking it was funny. But... Some of those, some some of the humor here, you have to see it a couple times. Yeah, you
1: and uh, you and your bestie Ebert. I think Ebert gave it one star.
0: Yeah, yeah, he he savaged it. Um, but you know, it happens, and we all make duds. I think this one just it, it did it didn't. It didn't help that there were such high expectations based on the cast.
1: Yeah. I think, that's what, I think that's what sank it. I mean, if it had been Steve Martin, Martin
0: Short, and, say, Brad Williams, then everyone would be like, oh, that movie is hilarious. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. And, and I think what hurt, too, was that, I mean, the, the cast of it went on a lot of late night uh, and a lot of talk shows to try to talk yeah. up the movie, but they clearly didn't believe in the movie either. And whenever you get something like that, and then you get someone like Chevy Chase who can be kind of a dickhead, you know, if you start poking yeah. him, I mean, there's 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 just uh, dozens of stories out there if you Google, you know, uh, Three Amigos of little fights that they get into with talk show hosts. I think now that you mention that, I think Chevy Chase got in
1: a fight with Roger Ebert at he the t- on the Tonight Show over yeah, this. Yeah,
0: you know, yeah, how, yeah. How,
1: how'd your last yeah. movie do? <laughs>
0: yeah. You gotta just—I mean—that's the problem. He, Roger Ebert's shtick is that he's gonna say his thing, yeah. and if you're Chevy Chase, that's why people you, listen. you just better—you know, you better come up with a joke ahead of time to defuse it, you know, yeah. and yeah. not—and not act like such a jerk. Yeah. Well, anyway, so uh,
1: yeah, I would say though, Steve, that I think this holds up better. No, than it does. Thob.
0: No, I think. In fact, I think um, as the years go on, um, Three Amigos. Uh, is grows stronger and stronger and uh golden child probably grows weaker and weaker. So, but, and yeah. here's, here's why I think that is, and this is kind
1: of, this is going to run contrary to Steve Spears conventional wisdom. I know you hate a period piece, but I think the fact that this is a period piece and it's played pretty, pretty straight as one is what saves it because it, at least yeah. in that respect, because golden child is very much of its time. The effects are of its time. The, uh, you know, the,
0: the whole storyline is of its time. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's It's dated right out of the box, yeah um, I mean you could make the, you could
1: make three amigos right now the exact same way, and it would basically be fine, yeah. people would say, "Oh, you ripped off Galaxy Quest. Okay, I already made that joke once. <laughs> Sorry
0: yeah I never I had never thought about Galaxy Quest and Tropic Thunder um, stealing the line the, the, the storyline of three amigos until I was writing up a blog item about this, but it's yeah. true. it's so it's, brilliant
1: i it's funny, I did a little experiment with my kids uh nothing weird, no test tubes uh, I had them watch Galaxy quest and they have no exposure to Star trek at all, and uh-huh. they loved it. they thought it was hilarious, really? yeah,
0: they got the whole idea that it's this can't be yeah that these guys are tired of show.
1: yeah yeah oh yeah they 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 understood it right away they they loved it
0: huh i mean that's that's a i find that surprising. I, I was mean, surprised definitely.
1: too. You have really smart kids, and <laughs> I, I mean, was surprised they-, they were willing to watch a movie with me. Yeah, I think yeah. I told them it was a '90s movie, and they were okay. You know, oh
0: yeah, so they're like they're not being conned. Yeah, so that would have been a good '80s movie too, though. So Don't anyway- con me, Biff. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's our that's our uh, that's our tragedy show for for this week. Um, the uh, The tragedy of the Golden Child versus the. Uh, the Resurrection of Three Amigos. Um, when, when the universe hands you a coincidence like that, you roll with it. You turn on the microphones and you record something. You lay
1: down some audio, some yeah. sick
0: beats. <laughs> we'll be back really, really soon with our special Christmas edition of Stuck in the 80s. But in the meantime, Brad, myself, and the corpse of the Invisible Swordsman, we remain here, <laughs> hopelessly, stuck in the 80s. Close. Good night, Dusty. Good night, Ned. Good night, Ned. Good night, Ned.